This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Derek Armstrong and Word of Grace Community Church. For more information, please visit WOGCC.com. All right, growing in the light this morning is what we are going to talk about. We're going to kick it off with 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. This is how we're going to grow in the light because the world is definitely a dark place and the culture and the mentality and the values of our world is definitely driven by self. It's driven by darkness, whatever I want to do, whatever makes me happy. And we begin to truly see the evil desires that is in our culture that are in people's heart and how we as believers are supposed to call, we're supposed to be that light in the darkness. We're called to be that. So how do we do that? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, the Bible says, Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we see something in Scripture that points to who we are. We see here that for us to be completely sanctified, for us to be completely changed, that this is Paul's desire as he's writing this to the church in Thessalonica. He says, may the God of peace completely sanctify you, spirit, soul, and body. Let's write that down. Spirit, soul, somebody say soul. That's what I'm talking about. And body. May the God of peace sanctify you wholly. Spirit, soul, and body. Now what does this mean? Spirit, soul, and body. Well, let's look at that in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. We see at the very creation of man that God says, Let us make man according to our likeness. He said, In our image, according to our likeness. He said that he may have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the cattle and everything that creeps on the earth and under, under the earth. Here God has said, let's make man in our image and in our likeness. What is the image of God? Who is God? What makes God? Well, let's look at what Jesus said in Matthew 28 and 19 as he was giving the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see here that God is a triune being. We call this the Holy Trinity. That he's three separate parts, but yet at the same time still one. And that God, creating man in his image, has made us spirit, soul, and body. Just as God is three parts and he has made us in his image as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but yet one. He has made us spirit, soul, and body. And here we see in Thessalonians that Paul said, I want you guys to be sanctified or for you to grow in holiness and grow in reflecting the light that is in you to the world that is dark, both in spirit, soul, and body. There's three areas that we need to grow in sanctification. Three areas he wants us to grow in reflecting his light. Three areas in our lives that he said we need to be growing in that light in. So what does this exactly mean? First of all, we're created in God's image in three parts, spirit, soul, and body. But these things have different meanings, all right? The spirit in the Greek is the word pneuma. And pneuma means breath. We see that God has breathed his life into us. He has given us his spirit, his pneuma, his life. Now the word soul in the Greek is the word suche, which means the seat of affections, thought, and will. It's also translated as self or as an individual personality. And I love this one. 
the direct aftermath of God breathing or blowing his gift of life into a person, making them an in-souled being. This is how I grew up hearing this soul, okay? And maybe you've heard something similar, that my soul is made up of my mind or my thoughts, my will or my desires, and my emotions. I had to think about how to spell that for a minute. My feelings, okay? Now, if this is what makes up my soul, myself, this is the aftermath or the result of God breathing into me His Spirit, now I have a way of thinking, a way of desiring, a way of feeling and processing life and things that happen in this life. Now, the way that you and I normally would process things, the way we would think about things, the way we would desire things, or the way we would feel about things, would be very much driven by our selfish nature. It would be driven by this fallen nature because by nature, the Bible says, we were children of wrath. So therefore, wrath, selfishness, all of these sinful desires and lusts of our flesh are driving the way we think about things, the way we feel about things, the way we desire things. But now that God has put His Spirit in us, it's supposed to affect everything that happens in our lives. And all of this is encased in our body, which in the Greek is the word soma, which means flesh or the body consisting of the flesh. Now, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, when he's talking about all things becoming new... He's not talking about us getting a new body because if we got a new body when we instantly became saved and we all just got like six-pack abs and looked like models, everybody would be wanting to come to Jesus. This is a great deal. We're all super hot now. That's not how it works. Now, eventually, will we get a new body? Yes, we see that that is the final step there in redemption when we're made like Him, when we see Him face to face. But at the same time, here on this earth, we're still living in this body, that part does not change, even though it will eventually change. Now, the Spirit instantly changes when I get to know Christ, when He breathes His life in me. The old man is dead. The old man is gone. He's now breathed new life into me because of me receiving Jesus through faith, because it is through faith that we receive Christ. Amen? Not through works. We've been through this. We've talked about this, lest any man should boast. It is His grace that we've been given by faith, by us trusting and believing in what we cannot see, but knowing that if God has spoken, that I'm trusting in Him, and that settles it, that God has made me right in His eyes through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And that's it. Amen? Now, because of that faith, He has made all things new. But yet, I may still struggle with my thoughts. I may still struggle with my desires. I may still struggle with the way that I feel about things, or how I feel about other people. Hello, somebody. You see, now when I become a new creation in Christ through faith in Jesus and the finished work on the cross, the part that's instantly made new is my spirit because he's breathed new life into me. God's spirit dwells in us through faith. And that's now, but here's the thing, it's supposed to affect 
the other areas of my life. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 talks a little bit about this war. It says here, it says, I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said, for actually the flesh is actually lusting or warring against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that you do the things that you don't really want to do. And so these things are at war because they're not yet made perfect. This is why Paul was praying, may the God of peace sanctify you holy, spirit, soul, and body. You see, when I submit to the will of God, when I submit to the Spirit of God living on the inside of me, it begins to put everything in proper order. Everything in my life then becomes in proper order. But a lot of times, this is how we live our lives. If we allow our body or if we allow our flesh to rule our lives, then guess what? The flesh, if it has first chair in my life, if you were a band kid, you know what I'm talking about. Flesh ruling, then it's going to affect what? My mind, my will, and my emotions. And it's also going to hinder or put a, 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 a fleshly filter, if you will, on what the Spirit of God truly wants to do in me and through me, because things are out of order. The Spirit of God wants to do things in me. The Spirit of God wants to show that light and that love and that mercy and that forgiveness, wants to show that kindness, wants to be that big bright light in the darkness. But if I allow my flesh to rule, then I've got this thing upside down. You see, when Paul wrote that to the Thessalonians, may the God of peace sanctify you, Holy Spirit, soul, and body, he wrote that in that order. He didn't say, may the God of peace sanctify you, body, soul, and spirit. No, he said, the spirit needs to be first and foremost. You see, when I allow the spirit of God to direct my life, when I allow the spirit of God to truly have first place in my life, then it's going to affect what I think about. It's going to affect what I desire to do. It's going to affect how I feel about things, therefore affecting the acts that I carry out in my body. And then my body can truly be that living sacrifice, the living sacrifice that is bringing glory to God when I submit to the Spirit. But the Spirit and the flesh are at war with one another. Who gets first place in my life? Who gets first place in my life? Who gets first chair? Who is speaking the loudest and who are we allowing to have the biggest influence in our lives? Because submitting to the Spirit of God puts things in proper order. But here's the thing. We don't like this submit word. We, we don't like the submit word because what this, what this submit word means is that I might be thinking wrong. Somebody might have a better thought than me. Oh, wait a minute. I'm the smartest person in the room. I know better than everybody. I'm the smartest employee at the job. If everybody would just listen to me. Oh, I, I'm definitely smarter than my spouse. If he would listen to me or she would listen to me. I'm smarter than my parents. If they would just listen to me. Oh, I'm smarter than the pastor. If everybody... Oh, snap. <laughs> everybody thinks they can do what you do better than you. Everybody has this idea that their thoughts are higher 
than your thoughts. Matter of fact, the Bible says this. It says that we should not think more highly of ourselves than we should. Did you know that, I think I said this a few weeks ago, did you know that most of our unwillingness to serve one another comes from a root of us thinking we're better than other people? Thinking we're smarter than someone else? Thinking that we're somehow superior in some way, shape, or form, therefore we're not going to serve them? I'm not talking about, you know, writing some starving child in a foreign country a check. I mean, that's nice and that's good, and and we definitely support that and promote that. I'm not talking about serving in that way. I'm talking about serving someone that maybe it may be a little difficult to wash their feet because they've done you wrong. Talking about loving someone when maybe they haven't been very lovely towards you. Talking about serving someone who perhaps has not always been the kindest to you. And they don't, in our minds, deserve it. As if somehow we're holding our love and our forgiveness and are serving them and reserving that for people who we deem worthy. People who we think really need it. Thank God Jesus didn't decide to serve me by giving His life on the cross when I got good enough to earn it. Thank God Jesus didn't say, nope, wait for it, wait for it, now you're worth dying for. Now that you've got everything together, now you're worth me sacrificing myself for. Man, I was waiting for you to catch up. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were at our lowest, when we were at our worst, Christ said, I'm going to love you right there. And that's what you and I are called to serve with that kind of love, with that type of mentality. And only submitting to the Spirit of God will develop that kind of heart in me. Because my flesh doesn't want to do it. So that means sometimes there may be things that God says to us or speaks to us either by His Spirit or by His Word that may not agree with the way I think, the way, what I want to do, and how I feel about it. What are you going to do then? That's when you're caught in the crossroad of having to make a decision whether or not you're going to submit. Because you really want to know what submission is at its core. Submission is trust. It's saying, God, I trust that what you're wanting me to do is going to be the best thing, even though I don't think it's the best thing at this moment, even though I definitely doesn't feel like the best thing at this moment, (coughs) even though I don't desire to do this at this moment, I'm still going to submit to do what I know will bring you glory, and I'm going to have to trust that somewhere along the line, God, that I'm going to see at some point that this was the best thing, because maybe you make that decision, and it doesn't pan out the way you thought it would. Oh, I thought that if I follow God, everything was just going to work out and just be wonderful and wonderful, glorious. Oh, it's so great. I love being a Christian. And then you make one of those tough calls as a Christian that you believe God wants you to make, and you go, God, that didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out. I saw someone that had a testimony video, and I did what they did, and it didn't work out the way that it worked out for them, and everybody was hugging at the end and kissing, and, and everything was wonderful. I think I actually made it worse. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You see, the result is not in the realm of our control. Oh, I'm going to say that slow so I can say that some more because somebody didn't hear me. 
The result is not in your control. It's not your job to try to manipulate certain results. It's your job to submit to the Word of God and the Spirit of God and leave the results up to Him. That's hard to do because we're a bunch of control freaks. We're a bunch of control freaks that want to make things happen. And if we knew that one plus one would equal two and we just did that and did that and then everything would work out and be lovely, then it would be no question, no problem. It's when we do something and we don't see happen what we thought was going to happen. When you call that loved one and you tell them, hey, I want to make things right, I, I just want to let you know that God's told me I needed to call you and ask you for forgiveness and let this situation go that's been between us for years. Or for you to call that ex-spouse and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know God told me to call you and tell you, I, I, you know, I'm sorry, I, will you forgive me? And then they cuss you out. And then what do you want to do? You want to get right back up in their face. Oh, well, well, I'm trying to be a Christian. Enjoy hell, click. (laughs) Things don't always go the way you want them to go. The question is not, did it work out the way I wanted to? The question is, did I submit? Because submitting means I trust. Submit means I trust. And if I trust the Spirit of God living on the inside of me and I'm willing to submit, then He's going to change the way I think. He's going to change the things I want to do. All of a sudden, I'm going to begin to find out the things that I used to want to do, I don't want to do anymore. And the things that I never would have thought of doing, now I find myself wanting to do those things because the Spirit now has influence in my life because I'm submitting to him, because I'm trusting that what he says is the way. Blows me away sometimes. Blows me away sometimes when people say, well, pastor, that was a good sermon. You know that scripture where you said this and this and this? I just don't know what I think about that. What? What do you mean you don't know what you think about that? You see, when we say stuff like that, we're saying, um, I want to let my flesh be in the driver's seat. What do you mean? If God said it in His Word, He didn't say, all right, I put this in my Word, but I want to take a congregational vote on this real quick to see and make sure everybody's cool with this. Everybody okay? Everybody okay out there? I hope you all like me, because I put these things in my Word, and I want to make sure everybody's cool with it. If it's in His Word, it is true. Amen? Amen. I have to trust that for the foundation of my life. I can't pick and choose and go through and make my own scrapbook version of the Bible. Everybody got their little jagged scissors and all their little little, little, uh, word balloons and everybody wants to make it all pretty, make it just what they want to make it. And you want to scratch certain things out that make you uncomfortable or, 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 or that you don't like. Love your neighbor as yourself. What if I don't love my neighbor as myself? What did God say? To whom much is given, much is required. I've been forgiven much, so I'm supposed to be a dispenser of that grace and that mercy and forgiveness? Yeah, I don't like that. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how much it hurt. Yes, He does. And He died for them too. You know God died 
for your worst enemy by sending his son Jesus. You know that? You know Jesus took the sin and the shame and the guilt and the the wickedness of your worst enemy on the cross. They may not have put their faith and their hope and trust in that, but he still died for them. Hmm. It's a little harder for us to swallow. And, and, and then we become, we become that guy that Jesus talked about. You remember the guy that, that, that Jesus talked about when uh, uh, he said that there was a man that owed his master, you know, like billions of dollars. And this guy, it was time for him to pay. And he says, I don't have the money. I can't pay you back. And so he begs and pleads with the master. And he says, Master, please forgive me. And the master said, you know what? We're wiping the slate clean. You don't owe me anything. Do you imagine? Some of us would freak out if we had a credit card bill of $1,000 if somebody says, you don't owe me anything. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> this guy was in debt billions. And the master said, you don't owe me anything. You're forgiven. Wow. And then he turns, this man who had just been forgiven, goes and finds somebody who owes him a couple thousand bucks and throws him in jail because he couldn't pay. <clears throat> Sometimes we become that person. Because we allow our flesh to get in the driver's seat. Even though the Spirit is trying to lead us, trying to change us, trying to help us to grow so our lives can bring glory to God and so we can be that light in the darkness. But if we don't submit and we don't trust that what God said and that He's going to work it out, yeah, but don't you know what they owe me? Don't you know what they did to me? Yeah, don't you trust God? Man, I'm preaching to myself this morning because people have been mean to me. (laughs) Don't think that I'm exempt from this at all. I'm sitting here thinking right now. Man, there's people that, uh, man, I've carried junk around. And, 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 and when you wish for other people to fail, you're wrong. When you revel in someone else struggling and suffering and going, see, I told you the Lord was going to get them. That's wrong. That's so wrong. That's my flesh getting back in the driver's seat. No, I need to submit to the Word of God, the will of God. It doesn't matter what I think about what the Scripture said. It doesn't matter what you think about what the scripture said. What did he say? And are you going to submit? Are you going to trust? Because here's the thing that I need to trust. That he's going to work all things together for my good. Oh, amen. I should have got at least a good 10 or 15 amens. (laughs) Amen. Amen. (laughs) I have to trust that he has my best interest and first and foremost his glory at mine. And that if he's for me, he's not against me. And that if I trust him and I do what he says, and I submit to what the Spirit is telling me to do, because the Spirit and the Word always agree, then I have to trust him to do what he is going to do instead of me being in control. See, I grow in the light by allowing the Spirit of God to work in me, by following the Spirit. Of God, Because He has made me new. He's made all things new. He's put His Spirit in me. So now I need to submit and trust instead of going backwards and getting out of order. See, I actually bring glory to God by allowing His light to shine through me. His light in me, His Spirit in me never asks how much can I get away with and still be okay. The Spirit of God in me is never going to ask that question. The Spirit of God in me is never going to say, well, at least I'm not as bad as those people. 
The Spirit of God within me is never going to say, how close can I get to the fire without smelling like smoke? The Spirit of God on the inside of me is never going to justify my sin by saying things like, well, everybody else does that. You know, it's not a big deal if everyone else at my job does it. It's not a big deal. It's no big deal if I'm struggling with it. I mean, it's a pretty common thing. It's no big deal. It's not a big deal if I look at porn. I mean, everybody else does. It's kind of a common thing. It's not a big deal if I, if, if, if I cheat on my taxes or if I cheat on my, my, uh, my, my timesheet. I mean, everybody does it. It's just what, it's what people do. I mean, it's no big deal. I've been getting away with it for years. It's no big deal if I don't show up on time. It's no big deal if I hide this from my wife or my husband. They don't have to know I bought that. They don't have to know that I'm, I'm doing... They, yeah, they don't have to know about that person I've been talking to on Facebook that was old high school or college flame. They don't, they don't need to know that. It's fine. I, I can handle it. It's fine. It's, it's not a big deal. You, you see, the Spirit of God in me is never going to justify those things. Hello, somebody. The Spirit of God is never going to justify those things in my life. Matter of fact, the Spirit of God is going to tell me to stand up and do what's right, even if it may hurt my flesh. Because the flesh is at war with the Spirit. The flesh wants to say, no, hide! Hide! Nobody will know, I promise. The Bible promises also that the things done in the dark will be brought to the light. Oh, I can't tell my wife that. I can't tell her that I've been, I've been struggling with this or struggling with that. Yes, you can and yes, you should. You need to be a man and step up and have that conversation and pray that that grace and mercy that she's been given from God, that she would extend that to you. Amen? amen? amen. Oh, somebody needs to amen this message this morning. Because everybody wants to hide. Everybody wants to justify. The Spirit of God doesn't do that. The Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit or the result of the Spirit of God at work on the inside of me. And those things only get produced in my life when I'm willing to submit to His truth. When I'm willing to go, God, I want to let Your Spirit rule and reign in my life. And I want it to change the things I've been thinking about. I want to be more transparent with those that, that care about me and those that have my best interest in mind. I want, to, I want to change my thoughts towards this person or that person. I want to change my thought pattern towards always having to have things this way or that way. I want to change my thought pattern to thinking I'm always going to be bound and, and chained and addicted. I want to change my thought pattern because you said I'm free and he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Lord, I, I want you to change the things in me. The, 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 the way I feel towards this individual or towards this group of people. I, I want you to change the way that I feel towards pastors and, and, and ministers because I've been burned and abused and hurt before. I want you to change the way that I feel towards women because of the, the, the abuse and the neglect and the rejection that I experienced. I, I want you to change the way that I, 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 Lord, that I feel towards my husband or towards men because of the things that have happened in my life. I don't want to be chained and in bondage to those thoughts and those emotions and those desires for the rest of my life. I want to be free. But for me to be free, I've got to say, God, not my will, but your will. And it's not easy at first. When you, (laughs) yeah. When you step out, you have to trust in faith that God is faithful. 
And that I need to do what He's telling me to do and leading me to do in my life, even in the little things. I need to trust the Word and the Spirit. I need to trust that if He's wanting me to stay away from this or to begin doing this or whatever the case may be, that He has my best interest at heart and first and foremost, His glory. And if that glory is supposed to shine through me in the darkness, then I need to begin to trust Him. Amen? You see, when I begin to justify everything, I'm just playing into the flesh and I get upside down again. But what I need to remember is that it's for freedom that we've been set free. It is for freedom that we have been set free. We were not set free from the power of sin so we could enter back into slavery and bondage that sin brings. That wasn't why we were set free. So people who think, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, uh, heaven's my home. Oh, Jesus, church, God. Oh, I love it all. It's great. Now I'm going to go do whatever I want to do. No, that's not how it works. My life is not my own anymore. I'm bought with a price. The precious blood of Jesus has purchased my salvation and my freedom. And now I present my body as a living sacrifice to Him. Amen? Now my life is not my own, and I say, Lord, not my will, but your will. Help me to walk out the freedom that you have given me. Help me to walk out the freedom because I don't want to be bound and chained to negativity or anger or depression or fear and anxiety or fear of rejection. I don't want to be bound and chained to always making stupid decisions with my money or with relationships or with my kids or my spouse. I want to be the person that you have created me to be. But for me to do that, I have to allow the Spirit of God living on the inside of me to have first chair and not my flesh. Amen. And I have to say, God, I'm going to trust you. It doesn't make sense right now to me. I really don't want to take this step. Everything in me is fighting against this because it's uncomfortable for me to forgive. It's uncomfortable for me to want to love that person right where they're at. It's uncomfortable for me to confess this to someone. But Lord, I'm going to do it. Because I'm going to trust you and and I want to be free. And I want to allow my mind, my will, and my emotions to be led and directed by the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of me. And when I do that, then the acts that I carry out in my body are going to be things that bring glory to God. I'm going to enjoy life more. I'm going to enjoy the fact that I'm walking in freedom. And then I can go, what's what's the worst thing that could happen to me? Someone kill me? That's the worst thing we could probably think of that could happen. Well, guess what? Promotion. (laughs) Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so I know that I'm not going to fear man and what man can do unto me. No, I'm going to walk this life the way that would bring God the most glory. I'm going to walk this life following the leading of the Spirit of God that dwells in me. If that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He'll make alive, He'll quicken your mortal body by that Spirit of Christ that dwells in you. Amen? Amen. That Spirit of God that has made all things new, that Spirit of God that now lives on the inside of me, that has first seat, that is driving my mind, my will, and my emotions, and then the acts that I carry out in my body. He wants us to grow in freedom. 
He wants us to grow in the light by allowing the Spirit's influence in our life. So how do we do that? How do we grow in having the Spirit's influence in our life? We grow by, by getting into His Word, by having a relationship with Him, because Christianity is not simply just I come to church on Sunday morning, I high-five Jesus and the pastor, and then I go home and don't even think about Him for the rest of the week unless some calamity comes up and I need Him. Know that I spend time with Him, that I get to know Him, that I fellowship with Him, that I talk to Him, just like Adam, the first man on earth, walked and talked with God in the cool of the day in the garden. He wants us to talk to Him. Some people want to make excuses and they want to say, Oh, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to read my Bible. I don't know where to start. Let me tell you, start somewhere. Don't become intimidated by other people that you may see as being super spiritual. Matter of fact, you should ask those people to help you to grow in your walk with the Lord as iron sharpens iron. Amen? Amen. Not as one intimidates another. Not as one out-spiritualizes the other. If you want to learn to read your Bible, start with the Gospels. Read Matthew and read about the story of Christ. Read about the messages that he preached when he was standing on the mountainside. Or when he was in a boat preaching to the multitudes. Read the words of Christ if you don't know where to start. Just start somewhere and stop making excuses. Because I want that influence of the Spirit of God to only grow in my life by feeding that thing. Because whichever thing that you feed the most is the one that's going to have the most influence in your life. Are you feeding the Spirit or are you feeding the flesh? What am I feeding more? Start somewhere. The book of James is a great place to start if you don't know where to start reading your Bible. There's a lot of practical advice in the book of James. Things that, things that you don't have to be a Bible scholar to pick apart. Man, there's stuff in the Bible I still don't understand. I've been preaching for 18 years. I've been preaching 18 years and I still go, I have no idea what that means. That's really weird. I don't understand it all and I probably never will. But I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I don't, oh man, I, I don't want you to feel so intimidated that you never take that first step. Because what people think is that in order for God to truly do anything in their life, that they have to wake up at 3 a.m. and put on their worship DVD, that they begin to worship God for two hours, and then after they're done with that, they spend an hour just in quiet time and listening to the Lord. And of course they don't eat breakfast because they fast, because they're super spiritual. They put on their, 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 their Jesus Died For You t-shirt that looks like a Mountain Dew logo, but it really says Jesus Died For You, so that way people go, Mountain Dew, oh no, Jesus Died For You, that's neat. Or some other Christian saying that they have a Christian t-shirt and they wear that, and then they get in their car and they listen to Christian music. And then you just see them going to the Christian bookstore and buying the Christian jewelry and they get a cross tattooed on their face and they just love Jesus so much. And you're like, I can never be that. Then they stop at the park and get like 50 homeless people saved and feed them. And then they go fly over to Africa real quick and feed a bunch of starving children and fly back to do devotions with their family. And you're like, I can never be that. No one can be that. That's stupid. We're not called to be that. He wants us to be real. 
That means he wants to be involved in your everyday life. So stop allowing this stupid spirit of intimidation keep you from ever taking the first step. Stop waiting until you've memorized a hundred scriptures to begin to pray or until you learn the king's English to begin to pray because apparently that's what God likes. Oh Lord, as we thank thou for thy stay and we thank thee for blessing us. Oh, you pray so wonderful. What does that even mean? What does that mean? Stop making excuses and start taking a step to allow the influence of the Spirit of God to grow in your life. Amen? Take a step. Take a step. My goodness, God is great. God is good. Let us thank Him for this food. Something. He goes, that's awesome. I love that prayer. It's not about being impressive with the amount of scriptures you know. It's not about trying to impress someone with how well that you can pray. It's about you starting somewhere and building on that. Grow. Let this condemnation and this intimidation, let that just vanish from your thought life today. Because the enemy would love to use that to keep you stuck and to keep the flesh ruling your life. Keep you in bondage. Keep you never taking that step and letting that light grow. Letting that light shine. But if we allow the Spirit of God to do what He wants to do in us and through us, He will sanctify us completely. Spirit, soul, and body. Does that make sense? So here's the thing. Get into His Word. Begin to pray. Begin to involve Him in your decisions, even in the little things that you may not think that God even cares about. Everybody wants to get God involved when it's something huge. Like, should we move to South America? I don't know. That's probably something you want to talk to God about. Have you ever thought about talking to God whether or not you need to buy that new car or not? You ever thought about talking to God about whether or not you needed to accept that position that God offered to you the other day? You ever thought about talking to God about how you should raise your children? Ever thought about talking to God about how you could influence your nieces or nephew or your grandchildren? Ever thought about talking to God how you could love your spouse more? You see, God cares about all those things and so much more. He wants to be involved in your everyday life. It's not anything that we have to be crazy, super spiritual, and weird about. I'm so done with weird Christianity. I grew up in weird Christianity where everybody was trying to out-super-spiritualize everybody else. And it was all about who could pray the loudest and the sharpest and who could had the biggest Bible. I mean, people would be walking in the church with Bibles this big with their name embroidered, you know, know, and spoil stamped. They got the big giant cover on it with the dove and the cross. And maybe you have that cover, and that's awesome if you do. I'm not hating on your Bible cover. But I'm saying that it doesn't make you more spiritual. It doesn't make you more spiritual because you've got nothing but Christian t-shirts. That's a great witness, a great testimony. I'm not against Christian t-shirts. I think they're great. Jesus died for you. It's great. Mountain Dew. It's great. It doesn't make you more spiritual, though. It doesn't make God love you more. Amen? Amen. And so don't let people intimidate you. Don't let them... Don't, don't let that... Because I, I, I guarantee you, most people who have a real strong relationship with the Lord... They wouldn't want you to be intimidated by their walk with the Lord. Amen. You know that? It's true. People who have a strong relationship with God, they don't want you to feel bad around them. They don't want you to feel intimidated. They want to help you. If they really have the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of them, 
and you're like, wow, I want a relationship with God like that person has, then guess what? You need to start hanging out with that person. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's called making friends. <laughs> I, I didn't know that we need to get deep with this. It's, it's not that hard. It's, hey, you, you know what? You really seem to know the Lord. Could you help me? I want to know him like you know him. One of the coolest things ever happened that I've ever witnessed was a buddy of mine who is actually a missionary that uh, we support over in the Ukraine. This guy knows the Lord. I mean, my goodness. I was with him one time, and and we were in a bookstore just hanging out because when he comes to the United States, we would always meet up at this bookstore, the Books a Million, and we'd just hang out, and, and it was a good kind of halfway point for both of us from where he would be staying to where I lived. And uh, we'd always connect. And man, I love hanging out with Steve. He's a great guy. And somebody came up to him and started talking to him just out of the blue. And they said, he said, you know God. He said, I want to know God like you know God. He said, because, he said, you know him. He said, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a Christian. I do know God. He said, no, no, no. He said, I can tell just by the way that you are, are carrying yourself. He said, you actually know him. And he prayed for this guy. I mean, powerful stuff. How cool is that? Someone to recognize, wow, you don't just know a lot of scriptures and you, you're just not a, 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 a Bible-toting Christian, but no, no, you know God. There's a difference, amen? Amen. Man, let it be said of all of us that we have the, 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 the weight of actually knowing him and we carry ourselves as those kind of people who aren't just head smart, who don't just know a lot of scriptures and a lot of rituals and when to stand up and when to sit down and when to say amen and when to say oh me. But that we say we know him. Amen? Amen? That's a result of the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. That's the fruit of the Spirit when we begin to produce love, joy, peace, gentleness. All the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. We begin to see those things come, of our li- come out of the overflow of us knowing him. Because you can plant a tree, but it's only going to flourish if it has the right sunlight, right water, the right conditions. And those conditions are that relationship. Amen? For His Spirit to truly produce the fruit in my life that it needs to, I need to invest. So you need to start somewhere. Let's start somewhere and let's invest and let's grow in the light and allow the Spirit of God to to call the shots as we submit and trust Him. Amen? Amen? Would you bow your head this morning? Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit wogcc.com.